0: Hi, Katie. Hi, Cindy.
1: Welcome to another tiny tidbitty episode of Not Another History Podcast. Just a little nibble of history just to get you
0: through the week.
1: Another uh, amuse-bouche for your ear. And really, Your French is
0: getting real good. Your French is getting real good. And practicing
1: my Francais. Mm. And Katie, (laughs) if you do a good job this week, we may even amuse-bouche all of the senses. Every last one is
0: getting amused.
1: We're gonna amuse boosh your ears. Mm. We're gonna amuse boosh your face. Or yes. that's not a sense. We're gonna amuse <laughs> your eyes. <laughs> We're gonna amuse boosh your boosh. I could just say amuse boosh forever. It's amazing. <laughs> so, anyway, Katie, what do you have for us this week in history?
0: Well, on that note, I've got the story. Of the Contiki. Oh. Ring any bells, Cindy? Zero bells rung.
1: Really? Really? Not a, one? Not oh, a single one over here.
0: I know we've talked about it though, right? Like recently? Really? Well, like like in the last like 10, 15 years, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not that recent. <laughs> um, I'm
1: feeling super old right now uh I can't even remember (laughs) what I had for breakfast
0: Katie so (laughs) what if I say what if I say Rapa Nui
1: no nada was it just a fever dream no possibly possibly but 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 tell me a little bit more and maybe something something will uh will snap in my brain and I'll it'll all come flooding back
0: all right all right journey with me back in time to April 28th 1947 Tor Haerdahl and his crew of five other men, so in total there's five Norwegian and one Swedish, as well as their pet parrot named Loretta, decide to set off from the coast of Peru in order to prove that South American pre-Columbian cultures could in fact reach and colonize Polynesia. Okay, can we just go back for a hot second?
1: Um yes. I got the parrot Loretta.
0: And yes. what was what Lurita? was Larita? Larita,
1: Pardon, pardon me, Larita. Um, and what was his name again?
0: What'd you say? Thor Hair Doll. So it's it's spelled like Thor, oh. but it's pronounced Thor, and it's not like Hair Doll. It's it's spelled differently, but the way in which you pronounce it in English, it sounds like Hair Doll. Thor Hair Doll. Thor Hair. Bless his heart. Bless his heart. heart. Okay, continue. (laughs) (laughs) So I also feel like I need to take a step back um, and just make a little comment about how I personally feel like the mid-20th century, like mid-20th century, like the 70s, was like the heyday of the like, hey – let's just try this in terms of like experimental anthropology and with like a lot of the other social sciences, like Mm -hmm. in terms Mm -hmm. of some of the crazier experiments that you hear coming out.
1: Yeah. Let's just, let's pack our bags and, or, or not. If you're, if you're Franz Franz Boas, is that right? Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. The armchair armchair anthropologist just make a, make a phone call, right. to another country and be like, so tell me, tell me what, what's your, uh, what's life like there
0: or send a telegram or, or a telegram like, um, um what are your matrimony pro uh, matrimony um practices just like just just let me know send yeah. them to me and i will put into a book and be done with it yeah who needs field work yeah no nobody that's yeah mm-hmm. that's for losers and undergrads exactly exactly no offense <laughs> to undergrads i was one once too back i feel you back back in the day yes okay Ah, uh, yes before the wheel back <laughs> all right moving on moving on so tor haired um he d- had developed this hypothesis based on some you know a little bit of inca legend a little bit of easter island also known as rapa nui oral oh. tradition and a little bit of archaeological evidence that kind of suggested that mm, perhaps there was a connection between South America and Polynesia. Hmm. So he kind of took this, like, scant evidence and just, like, ran with it. He's like, there are sweet potatoes in South America. Sweet potatoes are a staple food in Polynesia. Ergo, that- must South America must have, people from South America must have colonized Polynesia obviously right yes so he decides to test out this theory to build himself a boat not just any boat it's a boat that he based off of some designs that he saw that were sketches from um spanish ink ink, uh, excuse me spanish conquistadors based on incan raft design um and so he he had to fund all of this privately. He actually didn't get any support from like any universities or any public institutions. He just he kind of he put it on the mastercard and just kind of went about building this thing. And his wife's like, um, um, what is this charge
1: on our credit card for <laughs> conquistadores' uh, ships? <laughs> like, <laughs> what is
0: this? What is my- why do we have so many? Why do why did you buy? nine giant balsa trees. What are Explain we going to do Explain this. Exactly. Explain it. <laughs> so speaking of balsa trees, that's actually what he used to kind of make the main deck of his boat. Um, and these things, are they're pretty big. They were 14 meters long by 60 meters round. So to put that into freedom units, that would be 45 <laughs> feet by, um, so 45 feet long by two feet around. And everything was kind of held together uh, with rope, uh, and different kinds of like vegetation. The, there was no metal that was used to kind of construct this,
1: hmm.
0: although he did use kind of a mix of uh, modern techniques and ancient techniques to put this thing together. Um, there was a giant main sail, um, and then the rest of the boat was kind of decked in bamboo, and it was like a little, almost like a little hut on top. Like if you've seen this thing, it looks like a giant raft with a main sail and then just like a little tiny hmm. garage, not a garage, but like a Uh, A a garage. Oh, God. What's the word I'm thinking of? (laughs) Not a
1: garage. Like a she shed. Oh, it's like his she shed.
0: It's like his little she shed. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, no, I totally Um, They ended up bringing... (laughs) They brought their own drinking water and they stored them in a combination of uh, bamboo rods and then also water cans to kind of see, you know, could you subsist solely on water transported in these bamboo rods or would you have needed something else well, um, Katie, to, to kind of prove yeah. or disprove that the people would be able to survive yeah. yes
1: you keep saying we so he found other people we. who were like this sounds like a great idea i have nothing else going on yes i would love to get in your she shed on balsa balsam <laughs> trees <laughs>
0: some balsam trees and just sail out into the middle of the Pacific Ocean yeah. <laughs> hoping that we find land. Yeah. <laughs> well, he found he found four other Norwegians in the Swede who would be willing wow. to do it, so I mean that's gotta count for something. That impresses that's impressive. And so what they decided to bring with them included approximately two hundred coconuts, sweet potatoes, gourds, and army rations you know, just in case things didn't
1: work out so well. I do love that he brought sweet potatoes because that's kind of the whole basis of his trip, right? It was like, yes. how did they get sweet potatoes? So i got to bring my sweet potatoes along.
0: <laughs> exactly. Got, got to bring them along for the ride. Um, and they also, they did catch fish while on this expedition as well. The one thing that they did not bring with them was any means to kind of steer their raft. And instead they just kind of allowed... Um, the currents just take them where they they, they you know wherever they it may take them.
1: So was that part of that drift theory or was that uh, like an oops?
0: No, that was drift theory. Okay. Although perhaps you know they forgot it and then he was like, you know what? Yeah, we're gonna call that drift theory. Yeah, <laughs> I, I did
1: I meant to to do the drift theory. <laughs> Sven didn't forget <laughs> to put in a wheel.
0: <laughs> Damn it, Sven. Um, so as I mentioned, on April 28th, uh, 1947, um, they ended up getting towed out to sea just because the, um, the port where they were pulling out of is very busy, um, and this was just to prevent them from you know getting run over by a barge or anything like that. And their, their trip was largely uneventful, um, with the exception of, in July 2nd, there was what we call, a, or we I mean scientists, call a rogue wave. It's essentially just, you know, the, the sea is calm, and then this just enormous wave comes out of nowhere. And in their case, it was actually three waves, one after another. Um, the boat was drenched, uh, but it didn't capsize or anything, and then the rest of their trip was largely peaceful.
1: Bet uh, you really forget that, or really regret forgetting that steering wheel spin. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> the rudder. <laughs> So they were able to actually find land. July 30th, they um, landed on the atoll of Puka Puka, but they continued on with their trip. And on August 4th, um, the which was the 90. 90- seventh day of their trip they actually reached the uh angatau atoll which is a, a whole series of of islands um and they continued on with their trip until august 7th when they they unfortunately hit a reef and were stranded briefly until they were able to be saved by some locals oh no yeah, so. i mean oh yay that they got <laughs> saved but so overall you know um Herodahl's, his expedition was considered ultimately a success because he was able to prove, you know, this trip is possible. You could do it. Um, However, there's an overwhelming body of genetic, linguistic, and physical evidence that really does not support his theory. And today it's been pretty much completely discounted. There's no, no one believes this kind of east to west migration theory. It's all west to east. Although, very interestingly... Um, there is some genetic evidence that suggests that there was some migration from um, mainland South America to Rapa Nui or Easter Island just based on some of the DNA of the descendants on that island. So, Tor Herndal, good job giving it a go, but uh, ultimately your theory was both. Yeah.
1: I mean, I have to admire his balls. Yes. That did not come out right. <laughs> <laughs> I admire people who demonstrate balls
0: that, that's not even better but
1: I', I, I I'm, it's what a cool thing for him and yes. his buddies to do that's yes. what I'm trying to say
0: and Cindy once this global pandemic is over if you would like to see uh the a recreation of the craft we could travel to Oslo Norway to go to the Kontiki museum to actually see it and in addition some other um, rafts that he constructed um like the raw too which was Ooh. a a a boat built out of papyrus um wow. it's because he wanted to, to prove that the egyptians were also seafaring people and could have moved about quite a bit around the mediterranean and whatnot so we could we could take a little road trip
1: you're on katie
0: oh sounds good let's do it speaking of road trip so this speaking of of Kantiki, this mm-hmm. reminded me of um, and I'm a little bit embarrassed to say this, but for for my honeymoon, my husband talked me into going on to a kantiki tour. And I know for us as Americans, like that doesn't really mean anything, but uh, a kantiki tour is, it's a an Australian tour company. And it's for like, if you're over 35, you can't go on these trips. So it's essentially just like, it's, <laughs> it's like a package trip where you do a lot of drinking and you stay in a lot of cheap hotels, but you, you travel quite a bit. And, you know, from Contiki, I learned a, an Australian drinking game that I feel like needs to spread further. Like I I feel like we as Americans should institute it. It's called slap the Gange. (laughs) Would you like to learn how to play? Let's play slap
1: the Gange.
0: So if you've ever had a, a beautiful box of wine, you'll oh, know yes. that on the inside it's it's like a plastic wine skin essentially mm-hmm. so apparently the australians refer to this as the gange and what you do is that you attach it to a laundry um a laundry line but in australia instead of just having just a straight you know two stakes and then like a, a perpendicular string in between they have the one that's shaped more like a um, a spider web and so what you do is you you pin this thing the gange to the um laundry line and you have people form a circle around it and you spin it like the wheel of fortune and whoever it lands in front of you have to like drink out of it oh no excuse me you have to slap it and then if it doesn't break you drink from it and then repeat this process (laughs) but because the plastic is so thick it doesn't matter how many times you slap it it's never gonna so, that is what I learned my I honeymoon. thought
1: that sounds very romantic yeah. <laughs> and I also thought you were implying we were going to play it right now and oh, I was like God. oh shoot I left my <laughs> my clothes pins and my clothes line and the inside of my wine box um, I left that
0: outside so <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean Cultural exchange is so valuable and so wonderful. You know, I learned so much. Totally.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you for sharing that.
0: And Katie, I have
1: to just kind of circle back to what you said in the beginning of this podcast, um, that you were positive you and I had discussed this.
0: Yes. And
1: I'm telling you now, after hearing it, is it possible you have another friend with whom you do a podcast that you discuss this
0: with, because I have no clue what you're <laughs> talking no, I, about. <laughs> no, I remember us talking about Easter Island, Rapa Nui. You discussed <laughs> the whole history of it, like how their society almost crumbled. No, there's a movie about it.
1: I definitely missed that feature presentation. Thanks so much for listening. Don't forget, if you have a favorite story in history you want to share with us, or if we made some horrible mistake in our retelling of history, be sure to slide into our DMs at, at another history podcast, or send us an email at not another history at gmail.com. Can't wait to hear from you.